This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. We're very glad to have you with us today. And we continue to talk about the importance of a childlike faith. Now, Andy, I want to go ahead and go to you and have you kind of just recap quickly how we're on this topic and why we're talking about this topic. Yeah, so I'll share a little bit more than what I did on the uh, radio show, but um, this really came out of uh, last week's show on Where Do You Find God? And lately, I feel like I've been finding God in, in, in a you know, I, I didn't do this myself. I read a book uh, by John Eldridge that talked about all things new and what we should expect, you know, for the future, what what, what our eternal home is. But in one of those chapters, it, it really spoke to, you know, childlike faith and how we become more sophisticated and, and really don't have that type of faith. We've talked a little bit about a, a few inhibitors of keeping us from that as adults. And, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit more of how do we get back to that childlike faith as an adult next week. But, you know, it took me back. I felt like we had to go through, and it took me back to where when I was a kid, and the first time I, you know, that I can remember the Bible schools, and I can remember when I got saved and the revival I was in and those things. But then it also awakened within me the things that childhood was about, discovery, um, you know, just all that the world had to offer in the time and heck you didn't have to go out and make a salary or whatever you could just play and you could just go enjoy the world and i think there's a special time where you have as a kid most kids have that opportunity to really have that discovery and your faith is developed you believe things that adults won't um and that's just kind of where it came from and i just think it's foundational like rodney said on the uh, show before, I think sometimes we read over that scripture about having childlike faith if you're going to come to the kingdom. They said the greatest in the kingdom is those that come as a child. That's pretty strong words there. And I feel like if we get away, we've gotten away from that, it's time to get back to that. And, you know, like I say, just going back to your childhood is a good place to start. Thanks, Andy. One of the questions I want to go ahead and ask the group, and we'll start with the people on the phone first, is what would it mean for you to get back to a childlike faith, what would that look like for you? You know, for me, I'll go, I'll go ahead and start, and then I'll go to the ones on, on, on the phone. You know, for me, it goes back to a clip we used in the last. It's becoming a sponge again and, and letting down the filter and just listening and believing and absorbing what God's trying to tell me. You know, and, and again, just letting that kind of soak in and, and be the truth in my life. Um, and we'll go into a little bit more of that later on, on what gets in the way. But, uh, Harold, for you, what would it look like for you to have childlike faith again? What would that look like for you? Well, it would look uh, more like uh, being open and receptive to things without uh, analyzing them to death. Uh, as a child, I knew I didn't know everything. Uh, unfortunately, as an adult and uh, having gone to school as much as I have, I think I may have got to thinking that I knew a whole lot more than I really knew, and that gets in the way. 
Uh, I think that the, the childlike uh, exposure where you hear something and, you know, people talk about God. Well, you don't sit there for a day and a half wondering, well, how can there be a God? I can't see him or taste him or anything else. The kid says, oh, okay, so there's a God. That's how all this came to be, and uh, isn't it great? Yeah, it's a great point. Darren, what about you? I I love what Harold had to say. Always, always, you know, just good wisdom from Harold. He's the youngest among us, but he <laughs> definitely is the wisest. Um, you know, I love the thought of what you said, too, about being a sponge, and I, I hadn't even thought about that. That is so cool, Sam, and I want to hear you talk more about that in a little bit. But um, for me, I think it would just be, it would be, life would be simpler. You know, if if I had more childlike faith, I think I would trust others a whole lot better. I think I wouldn't be so cynical about the world or about others. And I'm not typically cynical about other human beings as much as I am groups, you know, and and the world, um, you know, politicians and governments and, and all of those things, and even churches sometimes. And so I, I would love to have that childlike faith. Um, that just takes things at face value and doesn't read all sorts of other things in there, reading between the lines and listening to the spin that Satan might put on something. And uh, I think I think it would just lower my stress level. Um, I think I would be happier um, and and definitely a whole lot more fun. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, that is it is hard to move past those things that you you build up over the years you know that you you kind of build up this protection for lack of a better word you know that you you go through skepticism or you go through whatever it is cynicism um that you use as a filter and to be able to let that down would be a huge step andy what about you i would probably say just uh just that childlike faith in a father that loves me. You know, I think a lot of times where you become very performance-driven as adults and uh, our failures, our sins, our shame have kept us from it. And we, you know, I got the guys hear me talk a lot about just that fatherhood, but I think it makes everything possible in the whole wonder and the belief and the faith. If you can trust your father, which ultimately that's what all this is about, is being connected back to the Father, if you can get that back, all this other wonder becomes possible, faith becomes possible, because you trust Him, and I guess that's it, and, you know, I'm on my road, but I feel like I've experienced some of that, and I've tasted it, and it feels good, and I feel like, you know, I'm on to something here of getting back to that childlike faith of of a son to a father. Thank you, Andy. You know, this in the season we're in right now, you know, it's a great opportunity to say, do I really trust in what I trust? Do I really believe in what I believe in? You know, because right now, none of us really are to lack of time, so that's not the issue. <laughs> Most of us have time to go do some stuff, but really, it does put our beliefs into question. You know, what do I believe to be true about the Father? What do I tr- believe to be true? You know, and, and having a childlike faith, especially right now when it comes to God, is critical. Robbie, what about you? Um, curiosity mm-hmm. that even in things that I think I know, like my wife 
or my kids or that story in the Bible I've seen a thousand times. Like, I like what Harold said in, the, in what you quoted out of the Bible. Can you be humble? Can you drop <clears throat> the fact that you know all this stuff? That you know how she's going to respond to that question, or you know how you know, your your child may you know want to do something that you don't even ask. You know, can I really be get myself back there where I'm a learner, where I'm curious, where I am just <clears throat> you know trying to explore all that that is in all these people that are so close to me mm-hmm. and, and God in the same way in the Bible. Rodney, what about you? Some of the stuff that comes to my mind is like simplicity, the awe and wonder that we've already talked about. But it's something that I've heard my brother Robbie speak about before is that intimacy, that relational side that, oh, okay, well, let's go do that together. Let's go on this adventure. Let's go somewhere. Let's, let's feel what we feel. I mean, let's go to something that Absolutely, it was not true. I believed it, and it was all in wonder for me. Santa Claus. Okay, he wasn't true. But I remember when I was young, the awe and wonder of thinking Santa Claus was the real deal. And I remember even when I started figuring it out and hunting through the house as an adventure to find Santa Claus's presents that I was going to get. And then finding him and going, yeah, I knew it. I knew it wasn't true. But it was still an awe and wonder of finding out it wasn't true. And I didn't tell my parents. I let them just go on and do their thing and have fun. It was still awe and wonder. Well, the part of it was you thought you'd get double the presents. <laughs> hey, I'm always more for more, more for me, right? Yeah. But, you know, you have those wonderful thoughts of awe and wonder. And, okay, it wasn't in God. It wasn't in Jesus. But now I can experience that in him. And it's wonderful. Thank you. I want to ask a follow-up question here in a few minutes. Uh, and then I want to go to our clip. I'll go ahead and ask a follow-up question now, um, and then we'll get to the clip, because I do want to make a point with the clip that, that'll tie in, hopefully. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I wouldn't use the word tie with it. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of words we got to stay away from with this particular clip, but we'll get to that here in a second. So what gets in the way of childlike faith? Right, And so what gets in your way? What keeps you from getting to that place where you know you want to be? Right. So what is it in your story that gets in the way? What is it that filter you put up? Again, I don't know what it is for you, but what gets in the way of the childlike faith? And we'll go ahead and start backwards this time. We'll start with Rodney and work away to the people on the phone. Well, I just have to say the number one thing that would get in my way is my own pride. My other people, what do they think of me? What do they see in me? What are they going to say about me if I have this awe and wonder and I, you know, talk about how much I love Jesus as much as I do all the time. Okay. Robbie? He stole my word, man. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Sure he did. Sure he did. (laughs) (laughs) But pride in a different way, like, I I know everything, so I don't need to listen to even a child, you know, talk to me. You know, I teach special needs, and it often blows my mind how I'm so stupid to not listen to these guys mm-hmm. who know incredible things. If I'll, and it takes time, it takes effort to hear them. Sometimes they don't even speak audibly. They use sign language, but I, it's pride in the sense of I know everything, so there's no sense in 
taking the time or making the effort to to go other to listen okay thank you andy what about you mm, um i don't know maybe i guess it's it's kind of along the pr- the pride sophistic sophistication i mean with you know it's not it's beneath us or you know you're really that's that's for you know kids <laughs> you know but you know I guess that's probably probably the the thing, but I I think other things that get in the way is if you're too busy doing all these other things, it's a form of pride. Oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, but I don't have time to go find and and look in in God's wonderful creation and the beauty that it is and it displays or something that He's hidden in His Word that He wants to share with me, but that I am too busy to go do that prevents me from that. That's probably the things that have inhibited me in the past okay thank you darren what about you you know i was i i was thinking as everybody else was talking that probably busyness is the worst part of it for me is you know i just i've got so much to do um that i don't have time for that foolishness i don't have time you know um ain't nobody got time for that um so (laughs) that sort of thing is you know, the problem I think I find myself in. Impatience would probably be a better uh, way to put it. I'm not patient enough with God. I'm not patient enough with other people. And in order to have childlike faith, you know, yes, there is that aspect of Christmas coming, but I hate to wait. And I'm the same way with God. I, I know, you know, he's not Santa Claus, and I know he's got good gifts, and I all of that stuff, but man, I'm so impatient. And so I, I just go ahead and take the reins back over and, you know, start doing things my way to make it work out the way I want it to work out rather than having a childlike faith of just trusting that, that he's got me, you know, that he's, that he's cares as much or more about me than I do. Thank you. Harold, what about you? I think one of the things that uh, stands in my way is that oftentimes I do not give other people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to believing that they might know something that I don't. Uh, And I guess that falls under that filtering category that's been mentioned a time or two. But uh, as a child, uh, I think that you look to people and, and you want to know what they know that you might could learn from them. Uh, as an old man now, uh, oftentimes I'm afraid that I, I think that I know more than everybody else. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I guess it comes to me now. And um, before I give you the answer, we're actually going to play the clip. and Because uh, the clip actually, believe it or not, ties into my answer. And so what this clip is from, it's from Kindergarten Cop. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's an older movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he plays a police officer and he goes into a kindergarten to pose as a substitute teacher or a long-term substitute teacher as he's trying to find one of the kids in the class, his dad is the criminal. And so the question he poses is, who's your dad and what's he do? And so we're going to listen to this clip and come back and talk about it. Now we're going to do something extremely fun. We're going to play a wonderful game called Who is my daddy and what does he do? Yes? Is your daddy a fireman? He's probably a 
awfully big. Is he a wrestler? Is he a basketball coach? No, 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 no. What's the matter? Oh, I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. What I meant was, you tell me, who is your daddy and what does he do? Get it? Okay, we start right here. You. My dad repairs wreck cars driven by women who have pinheads. My dad doesn't do anything since the crash. My dad watches TV all day long. My dad works on computers and he's um, the boss of his company. And um, he has a mustache and a beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have that much hair because, and he, his head is so big that he can't wear any hats. <laughs> My dad doesn't live with us anymore. He lives in New York and drives a taxi. My mom hopes he's going to die real soon. My dad um, is a psychologist and he helps people that are hurt or lost their feelings and um, that's it. Good. I don't know what my dad does. I haven't seen him in a long time. He lives in France. Yeah, the, the um, that was the edited version of it. But uh, for me, the answer becomes, honestly, in, in order for me to have a childlike faith is I got to feel very comfortable in knowing who my dad is. You know, when I was really little, you know, I was in a household where I knew my dad loved me. You know, and I knew my dad was always going to kind of come through. You know, and, and over time that didn't always happen, and it didn't work out the way that it, I thought it would. But along the way, life has really stripped me at times of, I can let it strip me of what I know to be true about my Heavenly Father. And for me to have a childlike faith is i got to really trust in who my dad is. And I let it get in the way too many times, honestly. I let distrust get in the way. And I can't say that it's necessarily distrust of God. It's belief of, you know, when the enemy says God wasn't there for you at this point or God wasn't there here. I know it's not true logically in my head, but in my heart, I got to work through it. And so a lot of times having that childlike faith is letting down my guard and saying, I need to let God be God and trust him as my father fully. And then just walk in that. And it's really, really, really hard to do. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if your head and your heart and your will and your spirit and all that stuff would just kind of join up and go the same direction? (laughs) It's tough, you know, it makes it hard, you know. So for me, a lot of that's tied into keeping in a healthy relationship with God, keeping in a consistent relationship with God. Because when I'm not consistent with him, that's when the doubts come in. That's when the enemy starts to lay some groundwork. That's where... I build up these walls to where, you know, I won't let anything in, you know, and, and the part is you don't let the healing, you don't let the joy, you don't let the, all those good things in as well. You know, the walls hold out everything. Yeah. The good, positive feelings and things of that nature that are there for you also, you start keeping those out as well because you can't tell one from the other. Yeah. And so knowing who my dad is and believing in him is really key. So Sam, who is your father and what does he do? What does he do? (laughs) Well, I'm learning. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm walking more fully in that, I would say that, you know, I think that you know, not being able to do a boot camp this spring was really hard. 
you know, from the standpoint of, you know, boot camps for me, it's it's a great time to see what God does, you know, with other people's lives. And, and then why we talk about on the radio, what, you know, having people come to a boot camp is seeing all the amazing things he does there, but missing out on the amazing things that he does with me. You know, but then I fall into that belief I have to be at a boot camp to have that happen, which is not true. It could be happening in my living room instead of Netflix, just as easy, you know, if I would let it happen. And so it's just taking that time and spending that time with him. And I think the season of, of um, uh, distancing has actually been better for me than it's not been. You know, that it, it's made me think about some things a lot more that I can't get as busy as I would normally be. That's what I got. <laughs> kind of out of things oh. right now. Boom, 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 boom. We have a clip. We have one more clip, and it's from Andy. So, you know, Andy... You loved this clip, and it spoke to Heaven is for Real, right? Do you want to set that up? Yep. Yeah, we've used some from Heaven is for Real before. And, um, you know, the whole movie's great. I watched it again this weekend, just kind of prep, preparing for it. Uh, but it's about a, a child is four years old, has a his appendix rupture. He doesn't die, but he has a near-death experience and goes to heaven. And when he comes back, he's got all kinds of good stuff to talk about. And in this instance, he's this, the kid's talking to uh, his dad about Pop, which is his grandpa. And it fills in some stuff that the father didn't really know about his dad, about his salvation. But it also gets into some stuff that substantiates what the kid said that, hey, this was really real. And this is a true story, too. So you get a chance, watch the movie, but here you go. Now, Andy, part of the story was the dad's a pastor. He is. His dad is a pastor. And, and, you know, um, he gets challenged because he speaks about this from the pulpit of of what his son is is saying. And a lot of people, you know, it's really, you know, it's really what we're talking about Next week is the, how adults have a challenge. The kid receives the, the message he receives. I mean, he went to heaven, but people can't receive it. And even though there's plenty of scripture that suggests what he's saying is true, they just can't believe it, false hope, those kinds of things. But his his dad, as a pastor, gets kind of, uh, you know, in bad shape, almost to where he's losing his job over it. So, okay. Yeah, you. and the other part of the clip that would be helpful, because when I heard it, I was like, what is it about? At one point, the father shows the boy a picture of the grandfather, but the grandfather's wearing glasses and stuff, and so he can't. The boy can't identify him, and then the father finds a younger picture, and you can hear what happens. Right. You had your grandpa named Pop, right? That's right. Was he your daddy's daddy or your mommy's daddy? He was my mom's daddy. He died when I was about your age. He's very nice. You saw Pop? You saw my grandfather? You saw him. Where did you see him? In heaven. I love my grandfather very much. He was there with me when my father couldn't be. He taught me to weld. He gave me that slingshot. I know. We play with it. That's right. And he was a good man. He was a really good man, but I don't know what he believed in. None of us did. He's one of the reasons your dad became a minister. 
something and get a break into heaven. And... You don't have to worry, Dad. He's there. He came up to me and told me he was your grandfather and you called him Pop. And he held me in his lap, just like Jesus did. And he told me everything was all right. the man you saw? No, that's not who I saw. Okay, but just look. Are you sure? Colton. Nobody wears glasses in heaven. Hey, go play because when mom... No, 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 but are you sure that's not him? No, okay, 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 okay. When, just, when mom just, gets okay, home... Yeah, mom will be home in a second. Just wait one second, wait. That's him. That's Pop. In heaven, everybody's young. Are you okay, Dan? An awful lot happened to you in heaven. Yeah, it was amazing. So, Andy, what was it about that clip? I mean, obviously it's an amazing clip, but what was it about that that made you want to play that? Just, just the uh, the faith of the child, and, and this, you know, part of it is is the the whole thing, the validation of who Pop was, and where the father was having a tough time believing his son really went to heaven. But then when he sees the picture, the old pop, that's not the way he looked in heaven, but the younger pop is the one that he sees. Um, it just, it just, uh, supports what the kid is saying, but just, he wasn't letting go of it and people were trying to talk him out of it. Again, it's that childlike faith, but the wonder too, the wonder that he has and what he saw and, you know, at the very end there, I love that, where he talked about, he's like, yeah, you saw a lot, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I have, it was great. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, it just puts that desire in you to have that kind of faith, but to also have that faith for something that we, we know is true from the Bible, like the rest of, restoration of all things, heaven, for the future that we haven't seen yet, but we have to have that same kind of hope that uh, that's where we're headed. Yeah, hope that we'll all be young again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. And things won't hurt like they hurt these days. But yeah. anyway, you know, we, we listen to the confidence uh, that comes with having a childlike faith. Opie had it in his confidence of what he saw. This guy had it. This young boy had it in what he saw and what he experienced. And that's part of what we need to have is have that belief in our father, that belief in what he tells us, the belief in what he shows us to be true and live in that confidence every day and let that be our truth, our deepest truth that we know and not let the world come chip it away. We'll see you next week and we'll talk more about childlike faith and the battles as an adult.